Welcome to the Water and Stone podcast. You are listening to episode number 152, our Sunday worship service for February 9th, 2020, is Be Simplicity. It is the sixth in the series Legendary Life, inspired by the Beatitudes. Clarity is the hallmark of truth. Find ways to make room for God. So our scripture today, Matthew 5, 8, let's say it together. Together, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now think about that, man. Because that's the question. So often the question is, how do I, how do I see this? I want to see God happen in my life. I just want some kind of sense of something bigger. So often there are so many different questions, but in some ways this is the question at the heart of it. Can I just see something happening? Can I just be connected with something meaningful, something important, something bigger than me? Through the darkest times, the most challenging times of our lives, that's what we really want. Now looking back, I mean, you know now, because life has brought you here. You know now, looking back at those times, there was something bigger going on. Sometimes the trick is seeing it. Looking back, it, it's not so hard to see, I guess. But in the moment, man, oh man, I just want to see God. That's all. And so because that's the question, the, the answers have been all over the map for so long. There have been so many different people offering so many different uh, methodologies and modalities and other stuff. <laughs> you do this, you can see God. Five easy payments. Take this pill, do this thing, go to this holy place, talk to this guy. Whatever it is, right? So often, that's the thing. And people were hungry for it when Jesus was talking to them there. And people are hungry for it now. People still spend money to go on some kind of pilgrimage or another, to take some kind of course, to do some kind of thing. It's not different, right? But what is different is what Jesus is saying here. This is really a big deal. Because perhaps for the first time where everyone else is saying, you want to see God, buy this thing, or go to this place. And they're saying it now, and they were absolutely saying it then. Instead of some kind of a material location-based, commerce-based solution, Jesus is saying, if you want to see God, if you want the answer to the question, you don't have to go anywhere. You just got to be honest. You just got to be pure. If you want to see God, you don't have to go anywhere. You just have to change something about what goes on inside you. Because if God is everywhere, I guess that's the only way it makes sense. So let us in our prayer time and our aspirations when we're just really trying to figure it out and feel it out or do something about it, let us take away the image of someday I'm going to get to this place because that's not how it works. Let us instead have our prayer goal be the idea of maybe someday I'll see it better. That's what I want. I remember when I was about 15, I got glasses. I didn't know that I needed glasses. You know how it is, just gradually over time, you know. If you're a glasses wearer, you know what I'm talking about. I thought everybody had trouble seeing what was on the, the blackboard in school. And I really thought, you know, I could see fine up close, but far away everything took sort of a, a Monet sort of a feel to it. I didn't realize the trees had individual leaves. They're just sort of this beautiful impressionistic thing. And then I put those glasses on, those lenses came up, and there was this amazing clarity. It's like that. 
It doesn't have to be a big deal. It's not like the angels sang and the earth parted, but all of a sudden I can see something. That's what it is. I think so many times we look at the world and it's just sort of an impression, our impression, of what's going on. Let our prayer be, let me have my lenses clean, so to speak. It doesn't have to be a big miracle. It's just a little series of breakthroughs. You ever gone swimming and get some water caught in your ear? And you think you get it all out, and then like a day later, more comes out, and you go, oh, even better. Not a big deal. Doesn't feel like a miracle, but that, it's that moment. It's that thing of just seeing what has always been there a little bit more clearly. Maybe that's why when we read about Paul's conversion on the road to Damascus, the Bible says something like scales fell from his eyes. He saw it better. God, let me see it better. That's what pure in heart has to do with. Let me see what's already there based on something that I have going on inside of myself. And that's the big deal because so often people go, yes, if you want to be pure in heart, you must do these things. I want you to be pure according to my rules and regulations and guidelines and stipulations and we have some things for you to sign, sir. You know what I mean? So often in the world of religiosity, purity has to do with following somebody else's rules with adding more, let's say, spiritual technology. Buy these things, wear this stuff, do this thing, do the hokey pokey and turn yourself around. Amen. You know, that kind of thing. And you can tie yourselves in knots trying to follow somebody else's rules. Maybe you've done that. I don't recommend it. Because it never works. Nobody ever felt pure by adding things. And we know that, right? We know that instinctively. I mean, we know that the word purity has to do with taking things away, right? That's what purity means. Purity is when there's nothing getting in the way. Look at every single commercial. There's an orange juice commercial that says, we didn't mess with this, so it's good. Right? (laughs) Everything's like that. There's beer commercials like that. They never show, here's the factory where maybe the guy didn't wash his hands. They say, grandma made this from three ingredients, right? It's that thing. We know that purity happens through not messing with a thing, through trusting its essential internal nature. If I took a tomato and grew it in a lab with all kinds of technologies and chemicals and stuff like that, and I I put that on a table, and I took a tomato that was grown organically in somebody's yard with love and all that kind of stuff, and I put them next to each other, they'd look exactly the same. But you know which one would feel more real to you. Why is that? If biologically they're the same, you know that the thing that hasn't been messed with feels right. That's purity. That's what it looks like. Because you and I know, and Jesus was talking about back then, that there is some part of you that doesn't need anything else to be who you already are. There is some part of you that already has the power to access the divine. There is some part of you that is already in touch with something bigger. You don't need anything extra. Isn't that an amazing thing? Think of it. You already have what it takes. Wow. That blows me away. I'm so excited just to think about that simple thing. That simple thing. And it's a thing that I'm so excited about. I I, I love talking about it. And when I see people doing it the hard way, it bothers me a little bit. When I go to Disney World and I see people with big old backpacks full of stuff, raincoats and maybe bread and a toaster. You need a toaster because you don't want to have anything interrupt your ability to toast. Put the toaster in first because otherwise it'll squash the bread. You see people with backpacks full of stuff, mostly guys, I know. 
And I think part of it is they're living out some kind of Sergeant Rock, G.I. Joe fantasy about they finally get to stomp around like they're, they're invading the Magic Kingdom. But I think the other thing is, you know what it is? I think it's purse envy. We, don't, we guys don't like to talk about this in public, but it's purse envy. It's a little bit of that. I think Freud talked a lot about that because you and I both know that jamming everything in your pockets is not especially manly, that purses make more sense, and guys finally get a chance to carry a bag with them. So when they go to Disney World, everything goes in the bag, whether they want it or not. And I think people get a sense of comfort from that kind of a mindset, but it actually gets in the way. If you go hiking and you carry everything... You might be ready for anything, but you're also not going to have any fun because you've got to carry it around. You know what I mean? There are people who are in uh, college who, who are there to get out, to go do something, change the world, start a life, all of that. But there are also people in college who are there because they're afraid. For them, college is this wonderful amniotic sack filled usually with beer, and they don't want to go out into the world. So read another book. Take another class. If I can add more technology, if I can add more things, then, then I don't have to go face a thing. Everything's like that, I guess. There's that Bruce Lee quote. He said, you know, Bruce Lee, that guy, you know, go look it up. Google is your friend. Uh, Bruce Lee uh, said that uh, at the beginning, I thought that a punch was just a punch and a kick was just a kick and all of that. And then I learned about all of these different techniques and I studied from masters all over the world and I learned there was all of these various things that I could do and it was just, my head would swim because of all of the different things I could learn. And then after I got good at it and it was all part of muscle memory and I learned what worked and it became natural to me, I got to this place where a punch is just a punch and a kick is just a kick. You know what I mean? I guess music is like that too. I'm not a musician, but I would imagine that at the beginning you just make sounds, and hey, I can play chopsticks or whatever, and then there's all of this technique and research, but then you get to the place where the beautiful songs are just in your fingers and in your heart, and you just play. That. That's purity. Get it to the place where it's just in your heart. Get it to the place where it's just in your fingers. It's just muscle memory. You don't have to add things to be who you already are. I get students who, who will come to the classes and get really excited about what we can generically call God's stuff, and they go, okay, I want to read more books. I want to take more classes. I've taken all the classes. Are there more classes? Are there more books? And I, I bought everything that Haslam's has, that Barnes & Noble has, that Amazon has, and that's a lot. And I want more of that. And that's great. But past a certain point, you can get to the place where all you're doing is hiding from that third step. Because a real engagement with God is not in a book. A real engagement with God is in your heart. Something happens. Take the classes, read the books, it's great, but something happens when you put that down and you go, okay, God, here we are. At the beginning of your journey, prayer is just you talking to God because, God, I don't know the words. But if you get excited about it, you start reading about it, you take the classes, you learn the techniques and the mantras and the meditations and the stuff you do, but at the end of the day, it's just you talking to God. That's purity. Okay, so enough. He's beaten it to death. I get it. But I'm saying it because it's important. We can extract a general guideline. Are you ready? Here's the guideline. Anytime you can take away technology and substitute humanity, you're going to have a more authentic experience. I'll say it again. Anytime you can take away technology and substitute humanity, you're going to have a more authentic experience. Uh, remember when they took the training wheels off your bike? I mean, you were kind of riding the bike before with the training wheels. You're not really riding the bike. 
You take away a little bit of technology and all of a sudden you're unstoppable. You ever been to a bowling alley where the bumpers come up? Or am I the only one who can't bowl properly? You know what I'm talking about. You can hit the button and the bumpers come up and you're kind of bowling and that's great for a little while until you learn it, but you're not really there until you have the possibility of hitting the gutter. Life doesn't really happen until you engage with the possibility of the unknown. Anytime you can take away technology and substitute humanity, you will have a more authentic experience. In other words, you're going to find the truth. And the truth is what we're looking for. I mean, after all, when someone's lying to you, how do you know? How do you know when somebody's lying to you? I mean, look on their face, I guess maybe. A feeling, a tone of voice, I guess maybe. There's things. But generally speaking, they say, and they say it, so it must be true. Generally speaking, they say you can tell someone is lying to you when they add a lot of details. What'd you do last night? Oh, I went to my friend's house. We hung out for a while. We had some coffee and then I went home. Probably true. What did you do last night? Well, my phone was broken and so you couldn't call me. And I had to go to the phone place, but the phone place that you know about was closed. And so I had to go to this other phone place and they needed extra money. So I had to go downtown. And then I went and I saw this guy and, and you don't know that guy and he's really nice. I'm lying to you. You know exactly what I mean. One of the signs of, a, of an untruth is a lot of detail. And I say that because you can go to places where they give you a lot of details, a lot of things to do instead of one way to feel. How can you remove some sophistication and engage with something? That is the question. That is what purity is. But my friends, I'm here to tell you that purity is not the only thing. It's half the thing. There's something else going on. Because if you ask me, how was that meal? And I say, it was 100%. It was total. Well, total what? How was that experience? How was that movie? Did you like the movie? It was full. You can have pure racism. You can have 100% total garbage. So what? You can have pure poison. Purity is not the only thing, right? The thing that helps is if it's pure and if what it is pure about, the thing that is pure is worth it. Right? You need both things. You need that level of authenticity and honesty. So think of what Jesus is saying. This is a big deal. There's lots of places in the Bible where Jesus says, Our Father, you're a child of God. You've got this. Salt and light. And all of the things that we love to talk about. Good stuff. But think of the fact that right here, what he is saying is that all you have to do is be pure. And the truth about you is so good that that's all it takes to see God. Think of this compliment. Think of this level of faith that is being shown in you and I. Think of it. This isn't just a nice, hey, you look good today. This is you have what it takes just by being you. You have what it takes to see God, to talk to God, to be a part of something so much bigger. You've got what it takes. All you've got to do is find a way to, to get still and quiet. Find a way to get out of the way. Find a way to just learn how to listen. Think of it. It's an amazing thing to know. God, it's so beautiful. So let me reverse the whole thing and ask the question. What's getting in the way 
of you seeing God. This is your homework. What's getting in the way of you seeing God, experiencing that, finding true love, seeing the miracle, being inspired, finding art and truth and beauty, whatever words you want, it's all God. What's getting in the way of you seeing God? That's the question, question one. And question two is, how can you quit giving it your power? That's all that it's, that's, all, that's what's on the table. That's the whole thing. How can I find a way to get quiet enough? How can I find a way to quit participating in the, in the who did what to who drama? How can I find a way to put that thing down, whatever it is, and just listen? How can I get quiet? Because there is beauty and there is majesty and there is amazing inspiration all around. If God is here, how can I get to a place of purity? How can I take out the garbage, you know? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. How's that sit with you? Does it seem like a big deal? Seem like a line from an Indiana Jones movie? Does it seem too much? Only the penitent man will pass? Is it one of those kind of things? How does that feel to you? Because there are people who say, you know, I pray a lot, and I don't get my answer. I don't get the miracle. I don't see the bigness, you know, to use as generic terms as I can. And I say, are you, are you ready for it? Is it okay with you? Because it's got to be okay with you. God has got to be okay with you. When you are sick and hurt and afraid, when the thing doesn't work like you want it to, when it doesn't work out, when the wheels fall off, do you talk to God? Is it okay with you to go to God? Because it's not okay with some people. Some people go, yeah, I know prayer, Sunday morning thing, right? Prayer is, I have a very specific category of things. Do you know that it is okay to pray about final exams, a good parking space, getting through a family meal? It's okay to pray about these things. In fact, go first to God and then to other avenues if and as God directs. That's the rule. It's okay if you have a splinter to go get the tweezers. But pray too. Find a way. Is it okay with you? Do you feel worthy? Because that's really what Jesus is saying, is, guys, you're worthy. I need you to know that. You're worthy of a conversation with God. You're worthy of all the blessings and miracles. You're worthy of it, whatever it happens to be for you, working. If you don't feel worthy, none of the other stuff can happen. That's the deal. But one way or another, purity calls People who don't feel worthy still invent situations in which they can be pure. You know what I mean? Let me give you an example. There are people who live in drama. Oh, this thing happened and, and I couldn't believe it and everybody was against me and these things didn't work out and they don't understand me at work and I got to get my oil changed. People invent situations. They don't know they're doing it perhaps, but they invent situations where the only option is to just do one thing. There are people who fantasize about the idea that someday there'll be a zombie apocalypse because they have enough canned food and bottled water and Swiss army knives to get through. There is not going to be a zombie apocalypse. Get over it. But I understand that desire because the desire is, can I just get to a place where I have no option but to be one thing? That's purity calling you. Maybe we just find an easier way to deal with it, you know? What if? What if there's just an easier way? But purity is calling. If you've ever been to a wedding, you've heard me or somebody like me, maybe wearing a robe, say something about the rings 
You know that part? You love that part? I love that part. I love that part because they say, may I have the rings, please? These rings by their substance and shape. You know that? You know the stuff, right? Why is it? They talk about the idea that it's a precious metal because your love is precious. It's symbolic. They talk about the idea that it's a circle and that's symbolic of love, of the love of God that's forever. You know that part. But the part that most people don't get to because they're so busy thinking, okay, it's almost over. It's almost time for cake. The part that a lot of people miss is the big deal about the gold ring or the precious metal ring or whatever. Traditionally, it was gold. Doesn't matter. It's a symbol. Is that gold can pass through the fire and only is more pure on the other end. That's the deal. I think some people think that a, that a marriage, when once the, the, the minister or whoever says, I now pronounce and you're good, that people think that's the end of the journey. But if you've ever been around a married couple, or let's just say if you've ever seen a sitcom, <laughs> you know that there is fire to go through. That's the deal. Gold passes through the fire and only becomes more pure. Just like you. There are people in this room who are going through fire right now. There are people in this room who have passed through amazing things. Think about your life and the times when you really felt like you were in the toaster. You know? Think about when you have passed through the fire. Because everyone has. Oh, thank God you're here now. That means you have what it takes to go through whatever's next, to grow through whatever's next. But also realize with me that no one else could have done that for you. Would you have wanted them to, really? Here you are, stronger and more beautiful. Here you are, more pure and more capable. Here you are, even better than you were before. There's all kinds of complicated ways to talk about God and think about God and read about God and everything. But at the end of the day, there's just you and God. Find a way to be pure today. Not by my rules, not by somebody else's rules, but just find a way to experience something true. When you pray, can you pray, okay, God, you and me. Can you find a way to be with someone today, someone you love, and give them a hug or a handshake or whatever's right for that situation and go, you know, in this moment, there's just you and me in the whole world. Can you be that for somebody? That's what purity looks like. It's seeing something that is already there. When I see you, I try to see you like God does, and I see you whole and capable. I see you strong and brilliant, and I see you free. Because after all, freedom is a choice. Thank you. Hey, this is Dieter Randolph, and I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the lesson and hopefully for taking some time to apply what we talked about in your life. That's where this really happens. I love the idea that church isn't something that happens to you, but rather something that happens through you. What you do, based on what you've heard, can change your life and really change the world. This is just the beginning of a bigger journey. And if you want to continue your journey with us, I'd love for you to like and subscribe us on YouTube where you can watch the videos. Come join us in person. Our street address and all kinds of information is at our website, waterandstonechurch.com. 
all of that sort of thing. If you want to give electronically, that's where to do it. If you want to connect with us on social media, and you really should do that there, waterandstonechurch.com. Thank you for being a part of this work.